Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. I recently received a letter in response to one of my programs. The letter writer is a man of intelligence who cares about the future of our race. He's also a man of great imagination and creativity. He speculates in his letter about a way to, he says, quote, create a better quality human being, close quote, and achieve, quote, a higher quality human existence, close quote. And also, it's, he says, a strategy to win. Here's the relevant part of his letter, quote, Here is a thought for you. Our women are among our most precious resources, as they can have only a few children each. So we must preserve and protect our women. But our sperm cells we have in abundance, many times more than we need. Shouldn't it then follow that we might use that resource to spread our gift among the other races? Every half-breed that is born steals one of their pure births and might create a better quality human being than would otherwise be the case with like-on-like racial mating, such as black-on-black, for example. So I hate to say it, but doesn't it behoove white men to have as much extra-racial sex as possible so as to spread our genome? But of course you'd want to do it in a way that got other people to pay for it, but those races are already good at that, so that should be no problem. I'm struggling to see the illogic here, but there might be some. Wouldn't that lead to a higher quality human existence? Close quote. I emphasize that he's not advocating for the practices and the strategy he describes, just speculating about them. Now, I regard the very idea, much less the practice, of interracial mating with revulsion. It goes against basic principles I stand for and that the National Alliance stands for. So my first inclination was to just dismiss the whole idea and advise my correspondent to check carefully the mushrooms he's been eating lately. But this isn't the first time I've heard this idea. I've seen second- or third-hand Internet postings discussing former movement star Andrew Anglin's advocacy of allowing and even promoting racial mixing among white men, but forbidding it to white women, all under the guise of what he apparently calls white Sharia and Anglin's self-made video of himself on a date with a young teenage Filipina, quite likely a prostitute or a prostitute in all but name, has been all over the Internet for years and years. And I've seen posts from others who said essentially the same thing. And then there are the desperate young white males who latch on to that idea 
out of romantic and sexual frustration, more than out of any thoughts of strategy or bettering overall human quality. I remember one in particular, a passionate young man with a certain coterie around him who loudly and aggressively echoed his ideas, whose plea for allowing interracial sex and interracial marriage for white males ended with basically this, and I paraphrase from memory, quote, Non-white females are what's available to us now. White men, who aren't rich, or the perfect age, or tall and with the perfect body, or high status, just can't get white women today. Young white men of my generation can't get ahead financially and are basically locked out of the mating marriage game as far as white women are concerned. So would you condemn us to celibacy? I simply can't believe that you think that producing half-white children is worse than producing no children. Close quote. Perhaps that's what you get when you combine a lifetime of immersion in our sex-soaked but white baby-hating society, combined with the elevated testosterone of youth, and exposure to the fake solutions offered by alt-right influencers and ephemeral manosphere grifters. So, after thinking about my correspondence letter for a while, and thinking about the increased visibility of similar ideas these days, I decided it was worth addressing. So let's address it. Well, Yes, I do believe that producing no children is better than producing half-white children. And yes, I still do believe in the short and pithy phrase I authored for a National Alliance sticker about three decades ago. Race mixing is worse than murder. Murder is homicide. Race-mixing is genocide. Around the same time I created the sticker, I made an American Dissident Voices broadcast with the same title as the sticker. I'll quote part of it below as it's directly relevant. Although white people in both Europe and America are still remarkably pure and resistant to racial mixing, the trend of increased race mixing is definitely upward. The Pew Research Organization tells us, quote, one in seven U.S. infants, 14%, were multiracial or multiethnic in 2015, nearly triple the share in 1980, according to a Pew Research Center analysis of Census Bureau data. This increase comes nearly a half-century after the landmark Supreme Court case, Loving v. Virginia, legalized interracial marriage. Close quote. A tripling in a little over three decades. 14% now, but three times 14 is 42%.
and three times 42% is, you get the picture. Couple this ominous trend with the fact that the white birth rate is now below the replacement level. And you see that use of the term genocide is not hyperbole. Also carefully consider this. According to a Population Reference Bureau report, quote, most mixed births involve one white parent, but by no means all, close quote. Notice the use of the qualifying words, but by no means all. Why add them? Out of 994,000 mixed-race couples, would anyone expect that every single one of them that had a child would have one white parent? Of course, by no means all. But the extremely significant thing to notice is the report's admission that most mixed births involve one white parent. What does this mean? It means that the majority of racial mixing involves the destruction of the white race. Whites mating with Asians, whites mating with blacks, whites mating with Arabs or Jews, whites mating with mestizos, whites mating with the racially unclassifiable. You have seen it in your shopping centers. You have seen it in the street. You are a witness to genocide. You are seeing it before your very eyes every day. What are you doing about it? If you do not at least speak out against it, you are allowing yourself to be complicit in this horrible crime. The crime is race mixing. It is a worse crime than murder. Far worse. For when you commit murder, you kill one man, you end one life, you tragically injure one family and circle of friends. When you commit murder, if your victim has had no children, you do cut off the potential existence of one small branch of our race's future. But when you commit the crime of racial mixing, you are participating in genocide. The probable effect and possible motive for your act is to bring into the world hybrid young, who will not be clearly of one race or the other, and which will by their very existence increase the probability of future racial mixing and dilute both the gene pool and the sense of identity of the next generation of white children. And what of the Christian churches? What is their position on the topic? Here's a quote from Christianity Today magazine, founded by mainstream Protestant Billy Graham. Quote, is it possible God actually calls some blacks to fall in love with whites and vice versa? If that is true, then we should celebrate. Yes, celebrate. 
Let's rejoice over the beautiful children born to interracial marriages and do everything possible to make them fully accepted. Let's recognize the contributions intermarriage can make toward breaking down prejudice. And though we may not necessarily promote interracial marriages, let's take the lead in defending, protecting, and supporting them in our churches. The entertainment industry has attempted to keep pace with the increasing number of intermarrying Americans. Television shows and films have all highlighted interracial romances. This is one area where the media may be morally ahead of the church. American churches can become havens of safety and support for interracial couples. More creative, heterogeneous churches may emerge, becoming places that feel like home to interracial families. We should rejoice over the barrier-shattering potential each Christian interracial marriage brings to our churches. Close quote. No comment should be necessary. Every white man who commits the crime of marrying a non-white will not be fathering any white children. Every white woman who pollutes her body and her spirit by marrying a non-white will not be giving birth to any white children and by their actions they will be committing the crime of misleading white boys and girls to follow their example. And all those who do not speak out against their racial treason will be complicit in the crime. When your four-year-old sees a black or an Asian or a mestizo with a white mate, and you do not condemn this, that child will believe that what he has seen is normal and that his mommy and daddy approve of it. Nature, or nature's God if you prefer to express it that way, created our race through hundreds of thousands of years of incredible hardship and rigorous selection. We have survived the Ice Ages. We have fought against invaders for thousands of generations, from the Moors to the Huns, again and again and again, back beyond the impenetrable mists of history of our race. Our ancestors gave their all so that we might survive, so that we might live and we do live. We did survive, thanks to them. Our race extends back continuously to the mysterious beginning of life itself. It can extend into the infinite future, and its continued existence would undoubtedly be assured by our superior intelligence and unmatched technology if it were not for those who practice and promote the genocide of our people through racial mixing. By their actions, they are killing us. They kill not an individual, 
They kill the infinite generations of our future. Their crime, the crime of racial mixture, is far, far worse than mere murder. That's what I said in 1996, and I stand by it. But what about the idea of race mixing as a strategy to be engaged in by white men and not by white women, to dilute the non-whites gene pool and improve the average quality of the overall human gene pool? Well, first of all, the idea is a total non-starter. Do you think that the best kind of white man, a pro-white man of the highest type, would or should pollute his sacred body and even more sacred race soul by coupling with non-whites? Or regard the prospect as pleasing and attractive? Do you think he could do this deliberately without crushing his own soul? Do you think that white women, especially loyal and true pro-white women, are going to tolerate their mates going on sex sprees with brown and black women? How is that going to affect their emotional and mental health? How would it affect their white children? Are the white men involved going to keep their sex rampages secret from their wives and loved ones then? How is that going to affect their bonds with their beloveds? How long do you think such personal secrets could be kept? And what would be the emotional cost of keeping them? to say nothing of how in hell a massive program involving tens of thousands or more white families could possibly be kept secret. And what good would it do anyway? The world is already seven-eighths non-white. Do you think that adding a small tincture of whiteness to these huge black and brown and yellow masses will even be noticeable? Remember my article on Henry Liu, which deserves to be republished, where I quoted the Asian proverb which asserts their genetic dominance and ability to destroy us with racial mixing, while remaining essentially unchanged themselves. Quote, egg yolk yellow, rest of egg white. Mix both together. Result, yellow. Close quote. Look at the 25% or so white admixture among American blacks and ask yourself if that has brought us a higher quality human existence. Look at the 50% white Barack Obama and many other elite blacks and ask yourselves, are they not with their heightened intelligence and heightened awareness of our superiority 
even more jealous and hateful toward whites than their purer black kinsmen? And are they not even more effective weapons for the Jewish power structure in their war on white people? And how about the 40% white Jews? So no, the reality is that racial mixing, even if engaged in solely by males, is no strategy for us. It is simply a furtherance of the Jewish strategy against us. Now, am I going to condemn a white man who made a mistake in his early years, engaged in interracial sex due to social pressure, proximity or wiles of a non-white woman, the total absence of white women or other factors, before he became a racialist. No. If he sees that what he did was wrong, and if he will use the rest of his life and life energy in the cause of saving our race, I think we should be forgiving of what he did before his awakening. And the same for those who mixed with more or less white-resembling women of mixed or other races. Our civilization is sick, and our people are profoundly sick, and have been so for a long, long time. We should help them get well. Until next week, this is Kevin Alfred Strom reminding you of the words of Richard Berkeley Cotton. Freedom is not free. Free men are not equal, and equal men are not free. <laughs> <laughs>